Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Episode 23. Back when I was a wee lad of Zelator, no, not Zelator Adeptus Minor, just Zelator, there were rumors that a man was performing the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram in all of its full wondrous detail and people were going wild and then there was a tape that was passed around and someone had a copy of it and there was one of those tape to tape decks back at the temple of isis and so a few of us got some blank tapes and well it started going around and we used to listen to it in the car on the way out to the temple and i always wondered who it was because he made it anonymously under the name golden dawn lvx i always wondered until today let's get to the interview shall we Well, welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast, Fratter. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful to hear your voice because I've been listening to your voice since I was a teenager. Oh shit! Okay. No, we all loved your album, and we all would like speculate and wonder about who is this. Do you think? Do you think he's from the Ciceros? Do you think he's from? You know, because I was in one of the traditional Golden Dawn groups, and so it was it was a hit among. Uh, you know, we were the only ones that we knew who who got the whole thing. You know, all the way through, and we'd sing along and make fun of the pronunciation. And <laughs> no, it was it was great. I I so I yeah, I grew up with your music. So it's just yeah, I'm I'm a little bit starstruck. I have to admit. Um, so I, I thank you very much for your permission, you know, to to use your your whole album on my podcast. Oh, absolutely! It's been out of print for a number of years now. Okay, is there any place where people can download it and actually give you ninety nine cents for it or something though? Like, not yet. Um, okay. Actually, we're going to be doing a, a re release of it. Um, I'm also releasing. We we performed it live three times. Nice. Uh, and we had archangels on stage, and, <laughs> and archangels and all the appropriate magical implements. Um, oh, I bet Kate Bush went to that and got inspired. <laughs> <laughs> but she got a few things backwards. But it was it was it was sincere. So she she gets she gets a pass. I think. There's actually uh, uh, two members of the OTO that I know that met at one of the shows and are married. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, but we we videotaped them, so um, they were done. I think I saw I saw on YouTube. I was looking for just the straight audio at one point, and I saw a couple live performances. But and I meant to check those out, but I haven't yet. If somebody put them on YouTube, I don't even know. But we actually it's we shot a multi camera. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it was someone in the audience with their with their cell phone or something. And they didn't have cell phones when we did it. So <laughs> <laughs> with their video, uh, it eight. would have been a video. <laughs> but who knows? Because um, they were done at CB. Two of them were done at CBGBs, mm-hmm. and um, one of them was done at a place called the, that used to be the Cat Club. We were only supposed to do one night at CBGBs. I mean, one show. Um, I had set it up and I had asked him for, uh, his deadest night because we didn't want any other bands playing. And he said, Oh damn, we, you know, we, we always have at least four or five bands. Hmm. 
I promise you at least 100 people will show up. If they don't, I'll pay their entrance fee. But they can't be in the other bands because we're doing ritual. Right. And um, he said, okay. And he had asked what we were $6 because it was. And so I said, 23. And he looked at me and said, you expect my doorman to have changed for 523 and 1046. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. And CB's held 350 people and over 600 people showed up. So we had to do two separate sets. They had to empty the club and let the rest in. Wow. Um, and everybody had exact change. Nice. <laughs> yep. We were doing it numerologically for the evening. Um, and actually when we were sound checking we were doing the lbrp and hilly the owner looked at me and said what are you doing and i said <laughs> oh dude do not worry it's it's just a cleansing it just gets rid of negativity and yeah. he's like stop what do you think's holding my walls up <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't get rid of the negativity so that got cool that's like burning frankincense and mirin in a cult store <laughs> yeah yeah and then he then he, he was calling me before going, who the fuck is coming to this? They're asking for reservations in the no smoking section and asking if we have smart drinks. What the fuck is a smart drink? Superfoods. It's <laughs> been live since the right since. Okay. Nice. Um, well, it was the first time any of the rituals had been done publicly. Yeah. That we know of anyway. Um. And actually, we did the two shows at CV's. Then we did another one at the Cat Club. There were over like 300 people lined up to get in, wow. like hours before. And um, at the end of that set is when I said, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, we had, there was a huge line at the dressing room at the end of that set. And Shinocultists, the ones with giant pentagrams mm -hmm. around their neck, so, you know, they're, yeah. um, and they were all, I, I had to come out. The, the manager of the club made me, please, I need to feel your energy. And we need, and, and I was basically telling them, well, we're just showing you what you can do because, uh, we're all solo practitioners. And they were like, no, no. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so that was the last show. Wow. So you're, you're a solo practitioner. Uh, yes, I am. I've actually given lectures on Golden Dawn at an OTO temple in uh, Jersey a couple of times. Nice. Well, that's, that's, that's great. You know, I think that's a, that says a, speaks a lot for self-initiation and, and, you know, the path of the solo practitioner, that you were able to produce something that was so keyed into the current that members of, you know, all the various traditional orders love it and the Elamites love it, you know, and uh, yeah, that's, that's great. I, I, I look forward to the re-release and, you know, hopefully we can get the word out and, and uh, that'd be good. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm in Denver now. I just moved from New York on August 1st, so I'm settling in here. Okay. There's two traditional Golden Dawn temples in Denver I can get you in touch with. If, if you're interested. Yeah, I, 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 had a, I have a lot of issues with groups. Yeah, that's uh, understandable. Um, so because, do I. 
Uh, I, I don't like following someone else's dogma. Right. And I, I and it tends to go that way and kind of what kind of practice practice. Um actually there was a there was a lodge in New York called um the Winged and um funny, I just actually found an old episode of um Morton Downey Jr. I don't know if you know who that is. Is he an actor? No. I'm no, someone else. He Different was, Downey he Jr. Was, he was he was the now that uh, I eat on his show, he has it's like a show where he you screwed my girlfriend or your best friend's baby. That guy. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Springer type thing. Springer. He was he predated Jerry Springer. And oh, okay, got it. The first to do that type of journalism, if you want to call it that, and um, he actually had the guy from the Winged Disc on his show, which mm. was kind of funny. But that guy was I. I had already been reading tarot for like, you know, 10 years or, or more when I, when I went to his thing, but I, I could learn from another tradition. So I went and he would be drinking bottled water, but not allow you to drink bottled water because he had progressed to another level and you had, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then he yeah. was teaching, First lesson, how to assume God forms. I said, you're teaching that as the first lesson. But, and um, at one point, he said, I'm going to teach you how to do a progression of life spread with your tarot. And I said, okay, I know it, but cool. And he picked me to do the progression of life. And he said to me, um, you're not going to make any money in music ever going to be poor hmm. because this woman uh, attacks you if I was you I'd get out of music now end of reading and I just looked at him and and if I had been a be at this you could have just destroyed my life you know you yeah. have to people that they can change. Yeah, that's an inappropriate reading for sure. Yeah, but the Golden Dawn that you also hear his voice on day is now dead, um, and he went into the Bald Pa tradition. He left Golden Dawn and went more into Bald. Hmm. I actually, I actually also own, um, which I'm very, really happy about. Do you, where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Did you ever hear of The Magical Child? No. The Magical Child was um, probably one of the oldest occult shops in the country. It started in the 1960s. And mm -hmm. it was run by a um, um, master magician named Herman Slater. And he was well regarded by, I mean... OTO, GD, anything. He also published Harry Smith's books. Um, he's really... Anyway, it was in a cult shop, and in their back room, they had a, a temple set up. And it was set up since the late 60s. And they had a hand-cut 
seven foot hand painted hermetic cross that was hanging in the temple. And that was used for every ritual through the uh, 2000s when Herman died and the store closed. Before he died, he gave um, my part, my act, the one that died, um, he gave him that Golden Dawn cross, the Hermetic cross, which I still own. Nice. So I have this huge seven foot, fully charged, ridiculously charged Hermetic cross. Very cool. Like the Rose Cross Lawman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Beautiful it's, symbol. It's, it's gorgeous, and it's it's literally seven feet tall and, and carved out of uh, carved out of wood, but nice. it's it's real thin, but it's car it's carved out of wood and then hand painted. It's beautiful. You can stand right up against it. That's great. Yep. I, 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 I'm uh, imagining an album cover involving that. <laughs> well, never know. We actually, I actually recorded a whole album of. Um, Using Crowley and Regardi, and I was releasing. I was going to release it under the Nafer, um, and well, I did. I took a number of the rituals that Regardi had recorded, the recorded them to music, mm-hmm. and I did this whole thing, and I sent it to Falcon Press, who owned. Um, he was the head of the Falcon Press. Um, big guy in the magic field. Anyway, he told me that if I wanted to release it, he wanted 80% of the retail price. Oh, man. <laughs> and I said, then each copy would actually cost me money. Huh. I said, I wouldn't even break even. I would be paying you to release this. Yeah. And he says, that's the idea. Huh. So it never got released. Wow. Did it ever get, like, bootlegged? No, but I'm sure that it will be bootlegged at some point on YouTube. <laughs> okay, I'll keep an eye out for it, and it might just end up on the podcast, yeah. and then I can blame it on YouTube. <laughs> there you go, and I'll let you know when it's up there. Sweet, thank you. You're welcome. Very cool. Yeah, we did the LBRP, we did a bunch of them. Uh, I did a bunch of them. Um... It's clearly very sincere. I think that's the thing that really comes across. Is it's like clearly a rock star kind of voice, you know, and 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 the the intensity and the and the, but the the absolute sincerity interwoven with that, I think, is what rings, you know, what what makes people really, you know, cling to that, you know, because some people have have tried to put, you know, occult words or occult things in in music, but it's just sort of like, look how cool and gothic I am, you know, like ministry putting, uh, <laughs> yeah. putting little bits of Crowley vibrating things. And, and, um, uh, you know, it's like, okay, that's fun. Yeah. I can, I can dance to that at club perversion or whatever, but, um, yeah, you wouldn't hear your music at club perversion. You'd only hear it in the, the weight room of a, uh, of an occult order, really. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a very particular niche. <laughs> well, and like cool people who are keyed in, you know. We actually had, what was really weird was, um, because when we did the live show at CBGB's, we actually broke all records at CBGB's. And they had no idea that it would be this big. And 
um, every single major label was in that audience that night and they all contacted us the next day and mm. said, they said, you pack CBGBs on your first gig. That's incredible. But good promotion can do anything. They said, what happened though is we, they all sat through both sets, which were exactly the same. And they mm. said, what, what, what we've never seen is nobody talked, nobody left, and only one person went to the bathroom, and that was during your first set. You engrossed an entire audience on your first, first show, and that we've never seen. This could be huge, but we just don't know how to market 12-minute ritual pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Pink Floyd and a few others were able to do it a few times. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also have another project that I'm working on at the moment, which is really cool, is... Uh, are you into William Blake? Yeah. Yeah. I took, song, I took Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience mm -hmm. to do a song using the words. Mm. And I said it has to be under five minutes so it'll fit. You can't, the words have to be clearly heard yeah. to change them. They're like, and much to my surprise, everybody but one that I asked to do it did track. So I don't know what music you're into or anything, but like I have an unruly coil track for it. If you know who they are. Nice. Um, I have a lot of unreleased uh, tracks, but by a lot of artists that are now dead, which is really weird. Hmm. Um, but hopefully it's going to be released as a four album, four, four uh, 12 inch vinyl set. Nice. It's always nice when yeah. things come out on vinyl. I agree. I agree. They wanted to release it as CD and I've been fighting them on it. I said, no, nobody buys CDs anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're either downloading <laughs> it or you're getting vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, you put it out on vinyl with a download card. Yeah, you, you print it on a CD to hand out for free at a show. <laughs> exactly. And hope that they didn't throw it in the trash on the yeah. way out. Exactly. <laughs> Going, I don't have anything that can play this. <laughs> now even my computer won't play this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Well, thank you very much for coming on the Esoteric Nerd podcast today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Are there any other projects that you're into maybe even outside of the occult arena that we should let people know about so they can support the person that they're a fan of for making that great music. Oh, um, I do a project. I have a solo project album. Second album came out last year under the name fourth sign of the apocalypse. Nice. Okay. Since there are no signs of the apocalypse, I thought that was fun. <laughs> so the name of that album is all the children love fourth sign of the apocalypse. Cool. And okay. um, that's the second album. I work with Genesis Peorage, if you know who that is. Uh, not exactly. Okay. That's somebody <laughs> you should probably Google. Okay. Um, and is, uh, yeah, call, calls herself a cultural engineer. It's a straight heterosexual man with breasts. Okay. Um, really, if you don't know who that is, you're going to have fun discovering Genesis Peorage. Nice. Um, I do a project with Jen called The Majesty with two E's, T-H-E-E, -E, Majesty. Mm -hmm. And we have a few things out, and we play mostly in Europe. 
And then I have uh, something that I don't know if your audience is going to be at all interested, but it's my most um, far-reaching project. For some reason, everybody loves this, and we're, we've got two albums, a 12-inch remix, uh, vinyl, and uh, the CD of our demos came out in Italy last year, too. But um, it's hardcore gay S&M sex with trip-hop beats, and it's called Hirsute Pursuit. Hmm. Nice. For for some reason, it's taken off like wildfire. <laughs> but the irony of the entire thing is, I did it with a friend uh, named Harley Phoenix. He never did music before in his life. He came up with the idea and asked me to do it with him. I said, "Sure." We kind of hoped for an underground gay dance hit, maybe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're attacked by the gay community and totally loved by the straight community huh and there is hardcore gay s&m sex in almost every song (laughs) and we've done shows every show sells out it's usually male female couples in the audience um that's interesting and the gay the gay press has attacked us saying uh what the hell are you doing we're trying to fit in with society and have the white picket fence we actually even sent um each each album the first two albums have a cover tune on them so Mm -hmm. in case it got radio airplay so the first album has a the song um i know what boys like the old 80s new wave song Mm -hmm. and the second album uh which you can google this video I i mean youtube this video um Boys keep swinging. David Bowie's boys, and we did that with Boyd Rice from Non. That was David Bowie's what? Boys keep swinging. Oh, okay. But it's by Pursuit Pursuit. Okay. And um, that one actually a rotation on BBC Radio. I, nice. Again, down. We did a video for that. We sent it to Logo, the gay network. And it was rejected for being too masculine. Hmm. Interesting. And we argued with them saying, you know, not all gay people are effeminate and not all gay people want to be represented by RuPaul. I've heard it put that there's seven different genders. That's quite possible. And if you look up Genesis P. Orridge, her whole thing is pandrogyny. Hmm. And that is um, before, a few years ago, before Jen's wife died, they were having plastic surgery to become the third being. They were having plastic surgery to look like each other to create the third being as opposed to having a child. Wow. Interesting. And so they were doing the whole pandrogyne thing. And so Jen's very... uh, occult connected jen did the psychic bible okay um which i think is in like the 10th pressing or something um and jen created the temple of psychic youth uh topi t-o-p-i so that's a whole other occult thing 
um, and that's the that's the person I do the majesty with. Very cool. So now people know where to find uh, the 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 person, the man who brought them Golden Dawn LBX. Absolutely. And oh, one last thing: if, if uh-huh. since I'm on promotion row, <laughs> if you can still find it, uh, it came out in France like two years ago. Um, there's a solo album under my name, and it's me doing Hank Williams songs. Hmm, and that sounds like what cool. I did. What we did was we slowed them down, put them in a minor key. Acoustic guitar, vocals, and noise guitar, and that's it. And it's called Brian Dahl Deconstructing Hank. Very cool. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what led you to the choice to put music to the Golden Dawn Rituals? Well, I've been fascinated with Golden Dawn since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I had put out all this money for advertising and everything. And I told the band, if we ever make any money back, I'd like to take my money first. And they said, sure. So we made our money. That, that band was Loretta's doll. Yeah. L O R E. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, um, actually most of the members that are in golden Dawn were in Loretta's doll. Oh, cool. Um, and when the money, when we did make money and it, I asked the label if I could start a subsidiary label, and put out my own stuff mm-hmm. because we had, um, as a band, we were, we were in the studio recording it because I wanted to. And I, I thought it would be fun to be able to do the rituals at the same pace that I actually do them, but set them to music. So yeah. it'd be easier for, it'd be easier for people to remember things once, if there's any kind of melody there. Right. So, um, we went in the studio, did it. And then, we made I, we made back money and I released it on World Serpent, um, and I was thrilled that I was able to do it. But it was actually professionally recorded in a same studio Lenny Kravitz used. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's very close to my heart. I, uh, I I love those songs. You know, I mean that what when I'm when I'm not at home doing those rituals when I'm in the car or something like that and I feel like I want to do those rituals and I can't I just pop that on you know and, and I've been doing that for again like since I was, you know since the 90s I don't want to date you too much but <laughs> um, no please it's fine well when did it come I, out god I don't even know I don't have a copy here to even look at the copyright <laughs> date well I know I was it, it was it had to be That's it was so 96 I'm... that I started listening to it a lot I just remember I was uh, I was in Theoricus and uh, Sal Santoro was living with me and well no he had moved out um, and uh, Lola Torgerson who was in uh, she was a guest on episode twelve was living here and we were listening to it back then and in the car and and on the way out to the temple and then we played at the temple the temple of Isis Mighty Mother out in Fontana back in those days and uh, yeah it was everybody's favorite I'm thrilled to hear that because to be honest with you I got no feedback the only thing I got was a really bad review that said, what's next? Uh, a black metal Gnostic mass. They were huh. making fun of well, it. Well, if you were following the progression of uh, from traditional Golden Dawn to Crowley, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, I was... Uh, <laughs> no, next to be Zillator, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But A full Z formula initiation. But they, yeah. they actually, they, they were blasting it, making fun of it. So that's the only thing I've ever received on it other than um yeah a couple of people uh 
that I knew in New York that liked it, but they were friends. So who knows? They, you know, I didn't know if they even really liked it, but they were practitioners. So in those days, the traditional Golden Dawn people were all either hiding or out flaming each other. So I think they were just too busy throwing rocks at each other to like say, oh, and by the way, I really love this music. But I, I mean, I, I, it, usually it would come around in the form of it's just Golden Dawn LVX. And so all these years I've, until I just decided to start searching a little bit and then I found you, but I, uh, all these years, I just thought of it as Golden Dawn LVX that whoever this was had done this anonymously. People would speculate. Someone was like, I think it's Sisters of Mercy. And, uh, you know, and so it was just this mysterious thing about mysterious music and we thought it had. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody ever thought to to go figure out who you were or contact you or or anything. It was just something we all loved. So, yeah, I just searched for Golden Dawn LVX album on uh, Google a couple days ago and your name popped up. Wow. I'm surprised. Yeah. 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 I, I always wondered. It was always a mystery to me. But uh, so, yeah, mystery solved. And now I can let everyone else know who I'm sure had like long, long ago you know, forgotten that they had wondered. <laughs> um, but I mean, every, we, you know, it's the music's all always familiar. I've, I've already been playing little snippets of, of, of the tracks on this podcast, but I didn't want to play a whole track until I had talked to you about it. But uh, I, I, I'm thrilled that you contacted me. I, I, I might, if you don't mind, I might just play the whole album straight through on this episode. Not at all. No. Oh, that'd I'm, be great. Yeah, I'm just, so the people who haven't heard it yet can have the privilege. I'm just thrilled that anybody, yeah, that you contacted me because I, I did keep it anonymous only because of the, we were trying to keep it anonymous in the beginning because of the fashion occultist freaks. Right. You know, they'll search you out and, you know, and they're crazy. <laughs> you know, I, anybody, I, I, I automatically know that somebody's not real if they're wearing a giant pentagram outside their clothing. Right. So, you know, it's a phase and they're going to be out of it when the next fashion thing came. So I, yeah, so I kind of stayed away from those people. And, uh, the only other magical thing that, um, I released was there was an Alistair Crowley box set compilation on the anniversary of the book of the law. Hmm. And, um, came out god i don't even know where the hell it came out but um it was a box that was really beautifully done and i have a track on that is the apocalypse and um at the very end of the song you hear you hear me and i looped it it sounds like an old 78 record at the very end and you just hear me repeating why don't come to your sense <laughs> and i don't know if you get that it's it's the eagles yeah. desperado yeah so and i have that looping at the end and i was like geez you know the, the magical people are gonna kill me <laughs> but I, I no, think they, all, they all call him crazy uncle uncle al even with the oto so. i'm like <laughs> you know everybody should have a sense of humor with it so yeah if you don't you miss the whole point yeah yeah, I've I've known a few people who took it very seriously. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's like dominatrixes who live their life that way in the outside world. You know. It's... Yeah, people who treat people who treat their coworkers and their family and their wives as if they're a philosophist talking to a neophyte. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because they are at their cult in the closet at some at their friend's house. <laughs> exactly. Actually, all the magical. Names that were used on that were Golden Dawn members. 
Oh, cool. uh, the original Golden Dawn members. Nice. They're their magical mottos. So that's what we chose for our names on there. And the um, the the illustrations are actual copies from the original uh, Golden Dawn book by Rigardi that was put up by Aries Press in the twenties. I have to admit, my copy of Golden Dawn LVX was on a blank cassette that was copied from someone else's copy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? Uh, before, let me um, send me your email. Okay. And um, and I'll, I'll try to locate it on one of my drives. I, I hope I still have it on one of my drives. And if I do, I'll send you, would you prefer Waves or MP3s? Oh, wow. Um, I think I did manage to find the album. Oh, no, maybe I didn't. I, what, what was I using? Um, MP3s are great. All right, I'll send you 320 MP3s of it if I can find it. Sweet. Okay, yeah, I'll get you that right now. And then I can um, use that for, the, for this episode. Yeah, so it'll be a little better sounding. Yeah, excellent. Because it would. It really was uh, the the quality of the recording was amazing. We had a great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I have the tracks. I don't know exactly where I got them. Um, I think somebody must have ripped them, and it ended up there's uh there's like you know back when there were flash drives for a minute, right? You know, a few years ago, uh, uh there was a, a flash drive going around of every published occult book by everyone who was anyone in the golden dawn community and the five tracks of golden dawn lvx were on that flash drive oh wow and uh yeah yeah so that's that's where i ended up getting it and it so yeah it's 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 handed around just between every magician oh, that's who, funny you know is also a pirate <laughs> <laughs> and, and you also does it does it include the song the temple yeah it's all okay. tracks let me it's, okay. i have it on my computer somewhere let me uh no worries on. i'll but I'll send you three twenty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they'll be the higher quality. Yeah, they'll be. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast today. Well, thank you so much for contacting me. I'm, I'm. You made my day. <laughs> Absolutely, and I look forward to when the with the with the re-release, and we'll get the word out. So even the people who already have have it, you know, uh, will will probably want to go on and and support you by downloading it officially to to make it. To make it real, because as above, so below, right? You know, you can. Uh, I agreed. Yeah, yeah. I and and hopefully they'll get a kick out of actually seeing it performed. Um, oh yeah. But uh, like I said, the there are two voices on there. I don't know if you realize that one's mine and one's Kevin Wallen. Okay. He was the other magician on it, so we shared vocals on that. Uh, um, he was the more dramatic. Hey, cos, hey, cos. Oh, right. SDV. That was him. The okay. more si- singing stuff is me. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's very. It almost sounds Shakespearean the way he does it. Yeah. Um, but he's the one that died. So. I see. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but he I, should uh, get credit as well. He's. I, I, I wanted to mention, I, um, I, at one point after practicing for many years in a, you know, in a, in a traditional Golden Dawn temple, I decided to go get trained, uh, by a, a, a teacher at the university of Judaism in how to speak Sephardic Hebrew. And so, oh, wow. so the way that I teach it is with Sephardic Hebrew pronunciation, 
Um, and so that's where that's just the, where I'm coming from. You know, I don't mean to I, di I didn't mean to like, uh, you know, to pick on the pronunciation. I'm just I'm just a big snob when it comes to Hebrew pronunciation. <laughs> it's OK. Believe it or I not, on Paul I... Foster case, too. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in good company. <laughs> Believe it or not, I studied with a rabbi. So there you go. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I had first Holy Communion confirmation and a bar mitzvah. Very cool. So that's why I went over to Golden Dawn. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can feel it. You can feel the the good solid heart current coming through the the performance of those rituals. And so, I mean, like I said, that's it's that plus the excellent music that together make it great. And uh, the sincerity, uh, you know. It's uh, yeah. I just I think I'm speaking for a lot of people when I tell you thank you very much for that music. It, it's inspired a lot of us um, when we I'm when we're when thrilled. we feel down and and we're like oh I'm just a big weirdo for being into Golden Dawn magic and then we put on your music and we feel like we're part of a community that we don't even know and it's faceless and now now they now you have a face and they'll know your name so it's good. That is so cool. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, well, keep in touch, the... and, and, and I yeah. will totally um, look for those files and send them to you. Sounds and uh, if I can find the Regardi, the Regardi and Crowley, the Cypher ones as well, I'll, I'll send you those as well. Cool. Very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. And, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch, and I'll have you back on the Esoteric Nerd podcast when uh, things start moving with that album. Excellent. Hey. Have a great day, and you great too, meeting man. you. Likewise, all right. LBX. Blessed be 93 and all that cool jazz. Blessed be. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.
subject unto me, so that every spirit of the firmament and of the ether, upon the earth and under the earth, on dry land and in the water, of whirling air and of rushing fire, and every spell and scourge of God, the vast one may be obedient unto me.
Temple duly closed. 